0: I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the podcast of indeterminate length. And once again today, sans Tom Merritt. I will be rocking the solo podcast again. I have to say that we got some excellent feedback from yesterday's podcast, which I was really happy about. Um, First, a couple of phone calls, one to alert me to um, a correction. Let's listen in on that. Hi, this is Mike from Baltimore. Uh, First, I'd like to say I love your show. I uh, listen to it religiously. Uh, Second, um, I'm actually commenting uh, regarding the uh, RFID comment that uh, you had, Molly. Um, I I did read an article. I don't know if it was in Gadget or uh, Hackaday. I don't know, one of the RSS feeds I subscribe to. And they they did uh, an article about, uh, I believe it was students at Johns Hopkins or Berkeley that have successfully cracked RFID uh, like the one used in uh, SpeedPass, mobile SpeedPass. Well, just thought I'd comment about that. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. I also received email from Joshua R. Thomas letting me know that um, indeed at RFIDanalysis.org there is a long, very scientific and hard to follow treaties on how some students at John Hopkins University and RSA laboratories did indeed hack an encrypted RFID system that was used to um, pay for gas. But what they found actually is that they could potentially use it to steal cars, <laughs> which is almost as serious as intercepting your financial data midair. So um, that is a little bit of a setback for RFID, I admit. A little dent in my hopes of RFID credit cards. However, given that identity theft on regular credit cards is rampant, I think maybe that one case study will probably not be enough to derail um, those efforts. Another correction, though, on the RFID tip came from Cody in Loveland, Colorado, who's attending school in Lincoln, Nebraska. And i just like to say real quick that I lived in Omaha for about a year and a half, so shout out to Nebraska. Um Cody wants me to know that MasterCard is not the first to introduce RFID credit cards, and Chase has been test marketing some since June. So, again, you know, I think that just points to actually what I said a minute ago, which is RFID credit cards, they're coming, because that magnetic stuff, too sensitive. However, another caller has some advice for me on that subject. Hi, Molly. This is Larry Nebron. On your next trip, I suggest you wear a money belt and put a second credit card and second ATM card in the money belt very handy if bad things happen or even if your cards get demagnetized enjoy the show bye okay i get it i was not as well prepared as i should have been for this trip but it was a one day trip to la i flew there i flew back i didn't think i needed a separate money clip and security padlock on anyway yes it's my own fault uh, you're right so thank you for those emails Um, One more correction from Cody. Actually, Opera was not the first browser to have tabbed browsing. It was originally introduced by an obscure browser called Internetworks, made by a company called Booklink Technologies, pioneered the idea in 1994. And Internet Explorer Shell also added the feature in 1997. And this is why I absolutely adore our listeners. Thank you very much. Moving on to today's news. The National Transportation Safety Board apparently wants to ban teenagers from using cell phones and other wireless devices while they are learning to drive. U.S. transportation safety officials feel that this is a huge priority for national auto safety. But I got to (laughs) say, I don't think this is a teenager-only problem. I get the argument that they are learning to drive, and so when they're distracted by cell phones, it's even worse. But um, on my ride into work yesterday, I saw a lady, a grown-up lady, playing a Game Boy Micro. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. I wish, she wishes she had that it was a nintendo ds playing a nintendo ds in the car while driving and at one point she took out her little stylus and was using two hands to play this thing while driving it's so totally it was totally it was probably veronica points out it was more than likely nintendogs the um, little slideshow game of puppies uh yeah so that not safe teenagers part of the problem most likely but the people that i see weaving all over the road on their cell phones are not all teenagers that's just the the drop in the bucket and actually i'm not even going to sit up here and say that i think cell phones should be banned in cars i just don't think that starting with teenagers is really going to make us that much safer you never know you could just get the whole all those little buggers off the road maybe then (laughs) maybe then we'd be safer uh in google news today Google has been sued over Google Print, which was their test project that would um, let internet users search for content in books. So they were going to scan books from library, library books basically, into this big searchable database. And a group called the Authors Guild has filed a lawsuit, a class action suit against Google, saying that they did not seek approval of authors to include their works in the program. And this has been a totally controversial proposal because the assumption is that it will just massively violate copyrights all over the place. Google says, however, that copyright holders can exclude their books from the program. And I actually just want to point out that Amazon, which has that extensive search inside the book feature, has not been sued. So I would urge authors to take a look around the net before they do this. And having worked briefly in the book publishing industry, I can tell you that that Amazon thing was a huge deal and that people I know, maybe not me, have been known to use the Amazon Search Inside the Book feature to get a whole lot of information from books so much so that I didn't... I mean, the person didn't feel it necessary to buy the book. So, interesting Google news of the day. In other lawsuit news, actually, I think this is really big because, as you know, I own a trio. Palm has been sued in a California class action suit over basically um, trios just being kind (laughs) of (laughs) sucky. which I think is really interesting. I know we have had at least one caller in the past who said that his trio had sound problems. And some of the things that are cited in this lawsuit are extremely poor sound quality and buzzing, choppiness, problems with the speakerphone, broken screens or just bad screens, crashes, software crashes, and electrical surges, as well as unacceptably high failure rates. Dishy. Um, I do think that's really interesting because I am on my second trio. I did have one that just kind of completely crapped out, for lack of a better word. But I have had no problems with my new trio, and my husband has a Trio 650 that he loves. However, in the wake of this lawsuit, I would love to hear from you guys, buzz at um, about whether you've had problems with your trios and whether you would actually sue over them. Because insane. And finally, a little iPod news. Because you know how we love to stick to the trifecta. I don't think we have any Microsoft news today. I might have to work on drumming some up. Anyway, there's been kind of an uh, an amusing back and forth since the iPod Nano was launched, which was sort of some analysts saying it's selling well, others saying it's not. They have finally settled on a message for us, the viewing public, which is that the black iPod Nano is the one that's selling well, and the other one's actually not selling so great, the white ones and the two gigabyte ones. So it's all about the four gigabyte black nano, which, duh. (laughs) I mean, how it's hot. How old and lame is the white iPod starting to look for one thing? How excited and then massively let down was everyone when the first black iPod turned out to be that awful 80s looking U2 thing with the red dial? Oh, And how long have people been clamoring for a freaking black iPod? So you finally up and deliver, and then you're shocked when um, that's the only one people want to buy. Great. Brilliant. Good market research, people. And I would totally buy one. It's awesome. Uh, Steve Jobs, continuing um, for the second straight day to make somewhat shocking announcements at Apple Expo in Paris, today says that most likely a Bluetooth-enabled iPod is not coming. He's not feeling it which is really interesting because people have really been clamoring clamoring for it. I guess I can kind of see why because the wireless transfer thing is fairly cool, but it would run down your battery pretty badly. And so far, I only know of the one pair of Bluetooth-enabled headphones, although I am certain that our listeners will correct me if there are more out there. Uh, But he says the biggest problem with the Bluetooth headphones is that you have to recharge them, which people are going to hate because then you have to recharge your Nano or other iPod. And your <laughs> headphones and that he says there are quality issues and that the, the sort of Bluetooth bandwidth is not high enough to offer good quality, which I'd like to point out that Engadget vehemently disagrees with. They say that he is uh, dead wrong about the bandwidth issues and that Bluetooth 2.0 sounds perfectly good. Um, I, although I agree also about the, the headphone charging and, uh, you know, I don't know. Steve's doing fine with the iPods, I guess. People have been (laughs) calling for a lot more features than just Bluetooth. So if he's not hearing that, we'll see. Back to the black nano, actually, really quickly. I think that it's just a few uh, matter of months before he then introduces the full line of colored iPod nanos. So if you just can't take the white one and you haven't sprung for the black one yet, I have a feeling that a baby blue one is in your future. Uh, uh. Um, If you have comments or corrections to today's show, I would be happy To receive them at buzz at cnet.com. Voicemails, of course, always welcome. 1-800-616-CNET. Thank you. Bye.